Are you ready for an open discussion with the best of the best and the best of what's next? Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. Join in on a great conversation today with some of the world's great influencers as they showcase great advice and techniques that made them the game changers they are today. Now, here's Tony D'Urso. Welcome, I'm your host, Tony D'Urso. I interview some of the most successful people in the world, and I thank you for joining us. This show is dedicated to helping you turn your vision into reality, and we are the number one show on voiceamerica.com. We're going to talk with Mark Villarreal about the millennial factor. Mark says his most favorite thing is to coach people and help them develop. He loves doing that all day long. He loves helping people, and it shows in this excellent interview. He wants to build leaders and build culture. Ah, but just one moment. There are some techniques Mark uses which I've never heard before, and I'll bet this changes the way you deal with new hires and employees forever. Oh, and wait till you get to the taxi story. That is something. Listen on and learn. And before we get into this, I want to thank our sponsor, Indeed. If you're in charge of hiring, boost your job post and get the best people fast. For a limited time, get $75 credit at Indeed.com slash D-U-R-S-O. More details just ahead on this sponsor with a lot more info on them. So please stay tuned. And as you know, my interviews with the world's elite entrepreneurs are all about helping you launch your new business or take your business to the next level. And we also cover a lot of great information for everyone else. Sometimes the penny drops with the right information for you to start something profitable yourself or help you do your job a whole lot better. I love to help you and I love to hear how these world-class interviews are helping you. Please give me a hand and subscribe, rate, and review my show on Apple Podcasts right now. If you need help, you can go to ratethispodcast.com slash Tony. That will walk you through the review process. And here's a shout out to someone who calls himself Crooked Edge, who said, quote, love listening to Tony and all of his amazing guests. Truly has helped expand my knowledge. Recommend to everyone, especially entrepreneurs. End quote. That makes my day. Thanks for your kind words. I really appreciate it. You have my eternal thanks. And if you want to help me help more people and help get my show to those that need to hear this in this world, please consider giving me a review. Again, the easiest way is to go to Apple Podcasts or go to ratethispodcast.com slash Tony. A kind five-star review helps grow and support this show and you get my eternal thanks, that's priceless. All right, let's get into it. Today's show is about the millennial factor with Mark Villarreal. Let's see what we can learn today. At the end of this interview, I'll give you a summary recap of what we went over, so stay tuned for that. Mark Villarreal has a passion for developing people in a manner that helps them achieve their goals. Early in his 35-year career, he realized that the more he focused on other success, the more his career blossomed as well. And here we go. Hi, Mark. Welcome to the Tony D'Urso Show. So glad to have you on with us today. Well, thank you for having me, Tony. It's very exciting to be a part of it. Thank you. The honor is mine, Mark. And you know, we hear so much about millennials, and I'm sorry for all the millennials in this audience here, but wait, not really sorry. We are going to help you. We are going to give advice to you and those that work with you, which we believe is going to be very appropriate, apropos. And you're welcome to get back and let us know if there's anything else you'd like to say. I love hearing from all of you in the audience. 
And I really like this because I hear so much about millennials all the time. And now I get to address that square on with an expert who really understands the millennial factor. And Mark, before we get into that and before we regale our audience with some stories and information, anecdotes and so forth, we would love to follow your journey to success. So please tell us, how did it all start for you? What's your backstory? Well, my backstory uh, goes back many years. I was in corporate America for 35 years, but the last 21 years in corporate America was at the C-level, meaning I was reporting to the CEO, which made for great days and maybe some days didn't make for great days. But my passion, and I worked for one organization that was a franchise organization that we built it from five locations to over 300 was always how do we develop and how do we train people and you know, work in those programs. And uh, in fact, uh, when I was vice president of a $500 million organization, that international one, my CEO had uh, even asked me one day, if you could do your favorite thing, what would you do? I said, I would sit next to people all day long and uh, coach them, help them develop. Their, you know. So that was a lot of my backstory working in corporate America in different organizations reporting to the CEO is having to learn how to develop people, the nuances in developing people, and most of all, building leaders and building culture. I've been down that road a little bit as well, corporate America in a C-level position. And no matter how well I thought I did, there was always something to improve. There was always something more to learn. And there were always younger people being hired. I managed a lot of people. And it's very interesting how I believe it's an ongoing process. And we're going to talk more about that, but I just thought I'd comment because we have some great parallels and similarities here. And you just never know enough about personnel. (laughs) That's for sure. (laughs) Now, going along with this, Mark, how did you come about the vision for your current success? Well, there's two things. One, it starts a little bit, actually, probably prior to my backstory. My second book's called Leadership Lessons for a Mom. And so I always quote that my mother was the best leadership coach who chose to be a housewife. So it tells stories of me growing up from childhood all the way till her death. But she was just always big on character and building the things that really helped formulate me to be a leader. And she was always big on uh, her term was pay it forward. And she'd always encourage that leaders lead with humility. You know, so she was quite an inspiration. And obviously, I'd love to have her today. She's passed away. But that's what drove me. And her big thing was about paying it forward and and develop others. And she would even tell me that I always want you to find mentors that mentor you, but you will probably learn more in life for life and for you know business in your career from those that you're mentoring. And so that's what drove my vision about where can I always get and do my passion where I can mentor people, organizations. My mission statement is to build uh, leadership, one person, one team, or one organization at a time. So my vision started very early. I was able to do a lot of that in corporate America. But then as I was able to then separate and branch off for my own organization, you know, it, now I'm doing what I love to do. And Mark, what is that purpose? What's the passion behind us? Why do you love this and why do you do it? Well, I think there, there's several things. So the, the purpose or the passion is to see people grow and develop and to make a difference and for, you know, teach them how to make a difference in others. So whether it's even donating your time, I'm part of 
of the board of uh, our empowering women. So uh, because I've had a lot of success in mentoring aspiring women in leadership and some of that started uh, when they were just my admins in corporate America and they had so much more potential. And so mentoring them and developing them to where they're, you know, once a vice president of another organization, they've gone on to different levels. And as you know, you see that spark, it's just, where can I make a difference? You know, sometimes you have to assess, well, what, what are my skills or gifts that I have? And if I can pay it forward and then they can pay it forward and form a, a culture, you know, it's really, you know, that's the purpose of everything we do. And, and to, you know, you know, I write books, so I have the six books, but I not only have business books, but I have children's books too, because it's for the same purpose. How can I inspire the youth to always dream big and to aspire to be, you know, bigger things? Mark, when a person generally says that they write children books, you one immediately thinks of fiction, stories, but these are nonfiction. These are education type books. Well, actually, it's uh, well, the title of the book is uh, the series is called The Adventures of Park Ranger Brock Cliffhanger and His Junior Park Rangers. So there are stories that help educate the children on one following good role models uh, like and I, park rangers are great role models Two on learning about our state or national parks and uh, to enjoy them. But it teaches some good safety lessons and the park junior park ranger program. The last one is on the Great Smoky Mountains and the 2016 fires and how they started, but how they can preserve and protect, you know, uh, or uh, in one of the books, it talks about children that are missing hiking. So it takes them to the lessons of they not only go search and find for them, that's part of the adventure, but what were the 10 things that they didn't do before they went hiking that they should have? Once they were missing, what were the six things that they should have done? And when they encountered wildlife, like they do in the story, uh, what what should they have done? So it educates them as well. We have in the book that park rangers always have pay it forward as well. So we in everything I write, I teach that mentality. Mark, I love that. As we spoke off air, we both love the mountains. We both love nature. Very cool on those. I definitely want to make sure that we give that good plug. Now, if people go to your website, which is markvillareal.com and i'll spell that m-a-r-k that's mark with a k and then last name v-i-l-l-a-r-e-a-l.com if people go there can they see the children books and uh, and navigate to amazon or wherever they can buy them yes they'll see uh, all the books i've written there's four business books and then the two the children series which are under that series and then they are located on amazon uh, and in fact i even have a uh, thing on my website right now that I'm actually given a free digital copy of my leadership lessons for mom that is available for them as well. So, you know, we, we do things that entice, educate, pay it forward. So, you know, you always want to uh, encourage someone on what they can do. I love this topic. We're talking about the millennial factor with Mark Villarreal. This is the Tony D'Urso show where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues about the millennial factor with Mark Villarreal. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. We were all blindsided by 2020. Businesses like yours are adapting as best they can, including how you hire 
If you're in charge of hiring during this dramatic change, Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Indeed they do. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. That's really cool. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Yes, indeed they do. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. And that's worthy of repetition. 73% of online job seekers visit Indeed each month who can greatly help you get the most important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. That is indeed amazing. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash D-U-R-S-O. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash D-U-R-S-O. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31. That's Indeed.com slash D-U-R-S-O. All right, guys, check it out. Sign up and tell me how much you love it. You're listening to The Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyD'Urso.com. Now, back to Tony and his guests. All right, we're back on The Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Let's see what we can learn today. Today's show is The Millennial Factor with Mark Villarreal. At the end of this interview, I'll give you a summary of what I got out of this and I'll share some pointers with you. Stay tuned for that. It's with a servant's heart that Mark has helped employees and managers reach their next level of success. He's assisted in developing consultative sales, executives, managers, and business leaders. All right, and now back to the chat with Mark. Mark, let's go over perhaps some myths, truths, half-truths about millennials. We hear so many things. Some of them are not true or not really true. So let's kind of break some of this apart, please. Certainly. Well, I mean, to start, so I always say, you know, let's take a step back. Understand that millennials will make up 70% of the workforce, you know, soon. So that's why you're seeing such people speaking, wow, you know, here are these things, because it is a big influx. But with the different age groups that are out there, and I'll identify myself as a baby boomer, with each of us, there's differences because it's how we were raised, what era we were raised in. It, that that bring those differences. So one of the first of the myths that you always hear is that they're just really different. Uh, things that are important to them aren't important to us in these other age groups. And when you really dissect it, and you know, I've had success working with millennials, and you know, and so the book is real world because of my experiences and how I've taught others to work with them as well. Uh, is if I took the top ten things that are important to me. And then the top 10 things are important to the millennial. The 10 items are the same, but the order of importance is different. You know, they're big on what is the uh, purpose uh, of the company I'm working for. 
that's that's usually up there, uh, like number one. What is the per- reason and uh, of my existence in this company, and what are the values of the organization? Where as a baby boomer, you know, is we we're coming into the workforce. It's uh, give me a job with great stability, and what am I going to get paid? Well, those are still important to the millennial, but they're not up front like they were for my age group. Understanding that then allows you how to manage them. Uh, the other is that you know they're difficult to manage, and I will say that they're actually not difficult to manage. What I explain in my book is that because there's some leaders that are just have been very good leaders already. That as the millennials came in the workforce, they've had success managing the millennials because they already do the additional things that millennials appreciate, meaning they are very transparent. They over-communicate. They explain why we do things. And those are things that are important to the millennial to, as a baby boomer, certainly when I'm told the why, I appreciate it. But it's, well, the why was because I get paid for it. This is how we do it. What drives that in millennials is they grew up in the digital age that, that I didn't grow up in. So they're used to always knowing the why because I can Google it. I can get the answer. And that also drives the transparency. But great leaders already over-communicate. In fact, I was, I was uh, working with a company yesterday where I was teaching their leadership. Great leaders repeat themselves constantly even, but they are very transparent and they explain the why. And so as you build that culture for the millennial, they appreciate it. I think the next one is the big one is I always hear millennials aren't loyal. Why should I put the effort in or why this? Because they'll have seven jobs in two years. So, so why? And actually that is usually because we have a organization, however you're running your organization, you're not explaining from day one expectations clearly enough because I always tell them they're not loyal because you haven't shown them what a career is you're teaching them that this is just a job. And so from day one, and I teach this in leadership, whether it's millennials or not, is how you communicate from day one, how your culture is. I always communicate, hey, here's how I manage. Here are expectations of the of the job. And then here are the, our career lattice of our organization of ways that you can grow. And I say lattice because they can grow up, but you can grow laterally as well. And then when you educate, and here are the skill sets that are for each of these roles. So I encourage you that to always work with your leadership team on opportunities, but take some self-accountability that if you want to grow in certain areas, because if you take self-accountability and learn some skill sets on your own, you're going to stick out to me. And so what that does is it just educates them from day one. So when they're saying millennials are not loyal, I'm like, well, you need to take a hold and educate all your employees on day one. The half-truths are millennials are entitled. Now, I will say that I've met people in all age groups that sometimes have that entitlement mentality. I would say more with the millennials on how they were raised. This is why you take and you give them instruction on day one. You know, Once I show them the career lattice on day one and, hey, if you want to grow in our organization, this is how you do it. It won't occur that in two years they're saying, hey, I should be promoted because I showed up to work on time every day. It it eliminates that entitlement on day one, and it sets that culture in their mindset, and you manage to do that. Some may come entitled, and because of the bigger influx, 
they may be seeing more of them. And I think some of that comes into account that unfortunately, today in America is uh, we have both working parents. So sometimes how they're raised might bridge that gap that they might feel a little more entitled, but you can eliminate that from day one. They're not really as different as society or the media makes them out to be. There are some differences with perhaps the way they're raised. They have the internet. They have, they're, they're able to find answers to things a lot easier than you and I did. When we were growing up to, you know, as a little comparison, I probably you were the same as I. Could not wait to move out and make it on our own. Couldn't wait. When I was 17, I went out on my own, got my own place. You know, you lived for that. You wanted to be out. You wanted to be independent. But today it's a little bit different. You know, there's the cushy home. And, you know, I think that that's great that kids can stay at home while they go through school or learn more about careers and give them that chance. Because I didn't have that chance. I didn't have that umbrella or safety net or whatever of learning a career, going to school and having everything taken care of. While I did that, I had to make it out on my own. So it's a different mentality. You know, we call that old school, but I don't really know why. It's just a different mentality or mindset of we want to make it, you know, but not necessarily on a career. There's no way at 17 I could have supported myself and gone through school at that age and taken on any career. So there's plus and minuses about it. So I think for one, that while we're not so different, I think millennials have better opportunity because while they are at home, they can spend two, three, four, five years and get a great degree and get it into a great career where they can really earn a lot of income instead of perhaps you and I, you know, we struggled, we made it, we're successful, but we had a different route. Absolutely. You mentioned 17. When I was 18, I moved from Cerritos, California to Palm Springs. It's like, how, you know, that was far away enough that it was like, because it gave me that. And I think in some ways you look for your independence and some ways uh, I moved away just to motivate me that I let me, I'm going to go make it. You know, if I'm not here, if I'm if it, living on the next block was too close that uh, I could reach out, you know. Uh, and so it was some things I did to maybe motivate myself, you know, by moving that distance. But, and that's exactly right is, I think that millennials do have some great opportunities and to, to you know take advantage of uh, if they're able to do this and get the degrees and that. But, uh, you know, part of their upbringing then is, okay, then how do you, you know, where do you take that from there? But, you know, one of the, some of the truths that I would say, Tony, or the first thing I say about millennials is that I will tell you that I think they're the most courageous workforce group out there. I, I see no fear in them and working with them and, and, and to the fact that that's almost a danger. So I, I would say this because they always had quick answers, internet, and they race to things. So I say there's many times I would have to hold them back more than push them forward. And in other words, because they would take a shortcut. In other words, let's realize, and I, I always had a term. In fact, I would hang up signs in their, in their desk areas that say, stop, look, and listen. Because my mom used to tell me that, but it was really helpful with millennials of stop for a moment, you know, look around at your environment and what you're proceeding to, and then listen to the coaching that you received to know that you've understand it before you go to what you're planning to do. So 
I used to have to slow them up more. And by doing that, I actually saved them time on their development. But uh, the other truth is I mentioned that they're, you know, value driven, the workforce balance. If you have a company that your values, you know, and we talk about trust and you know, honesty, those, you know, those should be a given as values, but workforce, a work-life balance. We want to have fun on the job. Here are some of the values we want to live by. And here is the mission of the organization. And if we drive this, we can truly have a purpose and, and make a difference. That is the first things that attract them. And, and some say, well, they're not attracted by money. Money is just not as important. But if you give them these other things, and I mentioned before, the truths are they do like transparency. They like to understand the why, and it actually motivates them when you educate them. Here's why we're doing this. Uh, and they appreciate the over-communication. That's when they become loyal. And then money does make a difference to them. These are some really good points. Really gets the mind going on this workforce. 70% of the population, I believe, is what you said. This is the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues about the millennial factor with Mark Villarreal. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. We've heard for years that it's important to have a diversified portfolio, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, that kind of thing. But if you've ever looked at a breakdown of the most successful portfolios, you'll typically see a diversified set of real estate. So why is it at one of the first asset classes you consider when you're looking to diversify? Simple. It hasn't been available to investors like you and me until now. Thanks to Fundrise, they make it easy for all investors to diversify by building you a portfolio of institutional quality real estate investments. So whether you're just starting to invest in real estate or looking to add more, our friends at Fundrise have you covered. Here's how. Fundrise is an investing platform that makes investing in high quality, high potential real estate as easy as investing in your favorite stock or mutual fund. Whether you're looking to add stable cash flow via dividends or prefer long-term growth through appreciation, Fundrise has you covered. To date, Fundrise manages more than $1 billion in assets for over 130,000 investors. And since 2014, the Fundrise platform has averaged 8.7 to 12.4% annual returns. And investors have earned more than $79 million in dividends alone. That's $1 billion and over 130,000 investors in just six years. That is amazing. Fundrise's team of real estate professionals carefully vets and actively manages all of their real estate projects. And with their easy-to-use website, you can track your portfolio's performance and watch as properties across the country are acquired, improved, and operated via asset updates. Guys, I personally don't think there has ever been a better time in life to invest in real estate. And Fundrise makes it so super easy that it's a no-brainer. The way I look at it, you stand a chance of getting in on some great properties that otherwise could be out of your range. I really love this approach and it opens up serious investing to just about anyone, don't you think? And are you ready? You can track your investment in real time. You can watch each asset evolve over time. 
Accredited and non-accredited investors are welcome. Come one, come all. Check this out. Start building your better portfolio today. Get started at fundrise.com slash D-U-R-S-O to have your first 90 days of advisory fees waived. That's F-U-N-D-R-I-S-E dot com slash D-U-R-S-O to have your first 90 days of advisory fees waived. Fundrise.com slash D-U-R-S-O. Got it? All right, guys, check it out, sign up, and tell me how much you love it. You're listening to The Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyD'Urso.com. Now, back to Tony and his guests. All right, we're back on The Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Let's see what we can learn today. Today's show is The Millennial Factor with Mark Villarreal. At the end of this interview, I'll give you a summary of what I got out of this, and I'll share some pointers with you. Stay tuned for that. Hey, fellow entrepreneurs, join me on Twitter at TonyDURSO and get in on the fun. You can message me there, too. That's TonyDURSO on Twitter. Mark has a passion for leadership development and has a hunger for continued growth and development. He believes strong leaders pay it forward. And now back to the chat with Mark. Let's go into some of the steps. You may have mentioned a few things, but I like to kind of go over. Your book is all about the steps for managing millennials, the millennial factor. So let's go into some of the steps, please. Well, uh, I think very early, and I probably mentioned it before, is I teach that first, everything starts at hiring. And it actually starts before you hire. So how do you incorporate within your hiring process where you can hire the, or increase the likability of someone that you're going to bring in that they appreciate or come in because they like your culture, you know, and they like your mission and they understand the job description. So that's very important. And I, I worked with a company in Cleveland that they're like, I can't, uh, some reason I'm having difficulty hiring millennials. and uh, I said, well, let, let me do a few things. So I went to their website. I'm like, your mission statement is nowhere. I can't find it. And that's your reason for existence. And millennials want to know that. Two, your values are, are up there, but they're not very visible. I would make those more visible. Let's look at your hiring ads. And they were standard. Here's, our, here's, our, here's what we're hiring for. And I said, if you want to increase that, and for anyone you hire, I would recommend this, but it's very attractive to millennials. I would say, here's our mission statement, and here's the values that we live daily, and here's the job description that we're hiring for. If you believe this opportunity is for you, is for you please apply. So it starts that on day one uh, or before you're hiring. Day one, or actually through the interview process, you test for how well do they know you. I used to put a little 10 questionnaire test that would, I would have them take while they came in waiting for their interview to see if they know our mission, if they know our values, uh, if they know our industry, who are our competitors. I wanted to hire people that at least did some research. And what happens is an organization as that gets out of that, you know, because your employees know how you hire and they refer other people, but it's like, you better come prepared that that starts building the culture even before you hire people. Then as you hire them, it's very important. I mentioned about on day one, I explain how 
how we manage. I'm like, you know, look, we manage by rewards or consequences. And we hired you because we have high expectations and we believe you match those. But at times, I'd love to manage you by rewards every day. But we know that there's times that there's going to be consequences. So if I see things that are that you're doing might be detrimental to your success, would you want me to correct you and coach you on that? And on day one, everyone says yes. But the reason I do that on day one is there will be times I'll have to remind them of that conversation because it's like you're showing my interest is your best interest on driving your success. And I owe it to you to have this conversation. So, and I tell them behavior modification, when we, we have to face consequences as quickly as you can show that you receive the coaching and correct yourself, we'll get you right back on the reward side. So we teach that, just set that culture on day one. That's, I talked about the career lattices on how you can get promoted and grow with our organization. And so those are the things that we instill. So that's where I talk about how do you build a hiring plan? One of the other steps is then how do you build a communication plan? So, uh, and I go through all the topics in the book on what are the things that is going to be important for any employee that I hire, but especially millennials that I want to make sure we communicate not just once, but over and over. One is mission, vision, values. You know, but more than that, everything that's important. And so where should those be? They need to be in any of our HR documents, you know, our handbooks that we have. You know, they should be on our walls in the work area. They should be in our in our contest. We should name them our contest. Hey, you know, here, here, you exhibited this value with this customer. You know, you really demonstrated the mission, you know, the mission of the month contest. Those type of things on how much you can communicate. And you roll them out and you over-communicate. So that's another step. The millennials, I like how you coach them day one about the reward program and how you like the atmosphere to be full of rewards and validations and acknowledgments and so forth. Because everyone loves that. Now, the millennial is a younger person. They're used to being at home. And getting their way or telling or talking back to the parents or telling them off or ignoring them. But when you get into this workaday world, it's a whole different thing. And I would hazard a big guess. I know I would win on any wage. Millennials wouldn't want to be corrected. Nobody in that sort of a situation or scenario wants to be corrected. We don't want people to say you should do it this way instead of that way or this way is not good. You know, I can see that just that one thing of, you know, taking this person through that training curve on operating per protocols of the business. That's got to be really, really tough. Does your coaching just saying, hey, we want to, you know, you reinforce that multiple times while the person is there, that how you work, as you were mentioning. And is that really sufficient so that they're open to being corrected? Because that's got to be like a, a really hard stop for some of them. Well, well here's two things, because uh, you mentioned one thing about how they, they may be at home. So imagine the organizations that do not have that conversation on day one. And that's where they're struggling. That's where they're saying, well, you know, they're the, and they throw their hands up because then the millennials weren't at least given a direction that they're going to be coached. And then when they're coached, it's like, well, I don't like this. So at least by telling them on day one and then reminding and then seeing it in action, 
it doesn't stop there. That's just a start. It doesn't mean you won't have struggles, but then, and because I actually teach that I coach openly because when I coach you, I want others to hear, like I want others to learn. And, and that's a, the type of environment. So in all things that I ever preach, as you would know me, is I always preach, preach about consistency because if you're not consistent, you're going to get tested because sometimes you'll have those. But one of the keys, too, is I love the book, The One Minute Manager, where it says go out and catch someone doing something right. So sometimes people, <laughs> people think of leaders or managers that you're always telling me something wrong. So I used to tell my uh, leaders to start the day by going asking people, hey, what can I do to help you today? With uh, any roadblocks, what can I take off your plate? How can I assist you? And that, that was a more of a servant mentality. And so that was part of catching them do something right. But we tried to show them that our coaching started from the positive aspect. But even a slight correction or coaching then isn't that bad. But sometimes, Tony, you have those that struggle with it. So there's two things you can do. In fact, I had uh, someone that had a team of four, small team. But he said, I'm trying to give everybody equal time, equal rewards and they're not buying in. I said, find one that you think will buy in if you have a conversation and give him the benefit of your time and energy and reward him heavily until the other starts saying, hey, wait, how come you're giving him more time? How come you're giving him more energy? And it's like, because what I've asked you to do, you haven't. And if you're willing to play along, this, these are the rewards that you can receive. And, and in fact, that's one of the conversations, too, I, t I teach on day one is I tell people, I will give you every benefit of my time if, if you give me a, you know, every benefit of the effort. But what I'm looking for is when I coach you, I'm looking for you to correct yourself. And when you correct yourself, I, I'll keep giving you my energy. But I'll be straight and honest with you that when you stop doing that, you'll see me spend more energy elsewhere because my energy is important to me. And I want to work with those where they'll make the biggest impact. And so people start recognizing that as leaders, because sometimes you're in that mindset, I got to be fair and give everyone 25%. And I'm like, make your energy where your impact is, and you will see the others then start to follow. Mark, it brings up perhaps a myth or a half myth or whatever you want to call it of I hear this now and then I don't work in the corporate world at all and so forth but I hear this of you know just showing up for work a person wants to be acknowledged and validated and rewarded and given prizes and it's like all they do is just show up for work is it gone down to that level or is that just a myth well it, it has in some so it's it's a half myth once again but I you know, I think I explained that I think most of myths are, are in existence because we're not eliminating them on day one. And because even I, even before the millennials, the work group prior, I would get frustrated at that they would come in on time and clock in, but then they would go get their coffee and then have the morning talk about the football game. And we really didn't you know, see them start work until 15, 20 minutes into the day. And it's like, look, uh, you need to come in early and do those things before you clock in. So uh, it's been with every work group, but because of the influx of people are probably seeing it more. And one of the things I teach, uh, because I tell the story that great leaders have to become great storytellers. 
because it's not just always explaining do this, do that. You have to tell a story behind uh, some things for them to really see it from a different perspective. That's why they like the why. This is the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Just ahead, the chat continues about the millennial factor with Mark Villarreal. But first, it's time for us to take a short break. See you back here in just a moment. Do you like to zone in sometimes on a good story that just takes you away from the world? We all need that sometimes, right? Here's a good book recommendation for you. I'm announcing a book that I've worked on for years with my co-author, SKR, and the title is I'm in of Atlantis. The Pursuit is the first book, volume one. It's a trilogy. We've spent years on this. It's been a labor of love. Get it now at TonyDurso.com slash Iman, I-M-E-N. It's a fiction story of what happened in Atlantis once upon a time. And there are multiple storylines that merge and converge together. Some of the key players are Bomo, Roni of Iman Hera, Crown Prince Ivan, Radon, Prince Corin. And it involves the main kingdoms of Karen, Carthinia, and a plot against Bodon. But you really need to look out for Queen Tara. I don't think you've ever run into anyone so cunning, crafty, and evil, have you? Well, aside from Prince Corn, perhaps, and maybe some people you read about in the news. But I digress. You would think this has to do with contemporary times, but it was never written for that purpose. This first book is about the love of money, especially gold, and what people and rulers will do to get as much as they can. Get it now at TonyDurso.com slash I-M-E-N. What is the Iman? Who are they? Well, once a powerful race, the Iman captured and dominated every nation and territory on the four land masses of Atlantis until none were left. War was a form of sport, and no one presented a challenge great enough for them. It wasn't until they had reached the final conquest when a divine intervention, personified as a messenger, was sent by the Creator to offer an ultimatum. The Aiman were given a choice to set down their weapons forever in exchange for the gifts of healing and regain their spiritual powers. Most accepted this ultimatum and those who refused perished as predicted. The abilities of the Aiman? Well, you'll have to read the books and see what they can do. They can do some things that are beyond amazing and beyond our reality. And this is really where the book starts at this point forward. It is absolutely amazing. Go to TonyDurso.com slash I-M-E-N and get the pursuit. I think it's going to leave you breathless. Thanks and happy reading. You're listening to The Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers. We'd love to hear from you via email. Be sure to send questions and comments to Tony at TonyDurso.com. Now, back to Tony and his guests. All right, we're back on the Tony D'Urso Show, where you can learn from the wisdom and success of others to help you move on your vision path. Let's see what we can learn today. Today's show is The Millennial Factor with Mark Villarreal. At the end of this interview, I'll give you a summary of what I got out of this, and I'll share some pointers with you. Stay tuned for that. Hey, fellow entrepreneurs, join me on Twitter at Tony D-U-R-S-O and get in on the fun. You can message me there, too. That's Tony, D-U-R-S-O, on Twitter. Mark assists organizations by identifying and establishing strong and successful culture built upon the right foundation of values and principles. 
It's through proper strategic planning and execution that creates long-term sustainable results. And now back to the chat with Mark. I had that situation in a Denver location. So finally, when I traveled in one day and when I arrived, I gathered everyone together and you know, we would sometimes have a quick meeting. But I told them the story about, I said, you know, I just flew in and I took a taxi here, but I'm so frustrated because the taxi was driving me here. And then he pulls off the freeway and said, excuse me, I need to run into the store. And he pulls over to the market. But he keeps the meter on and he runs in to buy cigarettes and get coffee. And they're like, what? And he charged you for that? I'm like, yeah, can you believe that? I said, and then he comes back out and then he finally brings me here. But I had to pay the whole bill. And they're like, I can't believe he charged you for getting their his cigarettes and coffee. And I said, I'm glad you see that point because I need to bring this back home because that's what you're doing to us here in this organization. And they actually laughed and said, you know, we get it now, you know? And I said, so when you hear us harp on that, it's really the same mentality of what, you know, what we, you know, we want to pay you. We want you to have fun. We want great culture here, but, and that's why storytelling can add power to, to any, any leader, how you can put some things in different perspectives. I like that story, Mark. No, really, the taxi cab driver really did that. I, I find it so hard to believe. <laughs> okay, well, was was this a millennial cabbie? No, no. It, it was, <laughs> well, the, the, cab, the cab story actually is false. I, I made it up to make a oh. point. <laughs> oh, do we have to edit this out because they're going to listen to this? Well, I think they know that. I think they realize once I told them, you know, I guess if someone else is going to use that story, then you might. But it's just how, how can I get the message across where they see it in a different light? Because they could see if I'm in that cab, I'm paying this guy to get his cigarettes and his coffee. And that's just not right. But sometimes they don't, they think corporate America, they don't see it as a person. And at the end of the day, it is, it's every person in the organization. You know, I used to explain that my responsibility is for every employee to run a, a financially successful organization. And, you know, that means that starts with the little things. We've given some advice to millennials here and there. Is there anything else that's very critical that you feel we want millennials to know? Yes, I would say the first thing millennials, because they are driven by purpose, is before they accept a job with any organization, I teach them to learn that organization's missions and values and make sure that they match up with that before they take the job. Because I've seen, uh, I've worked with one organization where the bulk of the millennials didn't believe in the mission or the values, and they, they thought they can change them and it would take leadership down. And it, it was causing a bad culture situation. I would say second is always learn about the organization's initiatives and, and strategies and, you know, rollouts and align your goals with that. As a leader, when I see an employee saying, how can I help us with our initiative this here? What are the skills I need to learn? What knowledge can I take home today? You know, is there places or books you recommend that I read, that person's going to stand out to me when I'm looking for you know, promotions or, or next leaders. Uh, so you know, it's very important that they educate themselves and then educate themselves on the career lattices of their organization. 
those would probably be the three most important. I like that. And I especially like the career lettuce. I think that's a really good concept and a really good piece of training there to get people to orient them on how they can go and maneuver in this workaday world and corporate cultures and so forth. So I like that. Mark, what are you looking to accomplish in the next few years? Well, I had to put on my goals to do two to three books this year. I wrote two and I'll have a a new one out by summertime, which is working with women in leadership, aspiring women in leaderships and five steps to, uh, for them to, for success. So, and that's based on actual reality on teaching them, take this step, take this step, take that step, and really how to build a good foundation that when they step out there, they, because you're going to face resistance, how to overcome that resistance. So that's, that's real important to me. Uh, and then I want to do my next children's book. And then I have the third work laid out, but that would be a lot to get done in one year in, in writing books, plus what, what else I do. But really growing you know, the organization that, that I have, because I do a lot of consulting with organizations where I go out and I, and I assist with the leadership teams or whatever the purpose, but uh, also to dive deeper into the workshops that I deliver that, you know, help organizations grow and really stay apprised. Uh, you know, I have a, one of the hot topics out there where I was just in Alaska working with an organization is emotional intelligence, and that's cutting edge. Even though emotional intelligence has always been around, but it's more of a buzzword for people to understand because of the different diversity of age groups and diversity of people's backgrounds, it's more important now that leaders understand emotional intelligence. So to just keep growing it forward uh, exactly like that. I love the fact that you're helping empower women, and I think that's great to give them help in leadership, and you've got a book coming out on that. I really think they need a lot of help. I don't consider them as underdogs in society or in the workaday world or whatever, but somehow they don't seem to always get paid the same when it's on jobs where you've got the same, the same type of job, same qualifications, same everything. So I think that there are some points there to really help. So I think that's very cool that you're helping them with, with leadership. But, but it's really growing themselves. What is it, 5 to 8% maybe at most? Uh, of the Fortune 1000 CEOs are women. Yeah, that's a small percentage. So we have a lot of room for growth. And uh, I state that women have some of the great traits that bring balance to a leadership team. So when you add them to your leadership team, the traits that they have actually add great balance for great decision making. Any personal habits that contribute to your vision success? You're so prolific. You're a coach, consultant. You're you travel, you speak. What are these personal habits that you feel help you stay successful? Well, you know, if you were to hear me speak, or especially when I go to companies, I, I quote so many books. So first of all, I'm a big seven habits of highly effective people. I tell people, read that book because you can break it down to anything. I break it down to leaders. I broke it down to an HR group of here. You know, I break it down to sales. You could take the seven habits and break it down personally for yourself. And I had to discover my weaknesses there. Uh, probably the two uh, weaknesses that I had to really work on was one, begin with the end in mind and seek first to understand, then to be understood. So all those things I try to incorporate, you know, the first one is to be proactive. You know, the next one is first things first. You know, each of the seven habits 
you know, so that's the big thing. So, you know, I didn't have to go rediscover it, but then that allows me that my habits on how I format my day and then how I, we even teach in time management how to flow chart your day because sometimes it's easy to do busy work, but not do the impactful work. So I make sure that it's scheduled when my impactful work is going to be done. So I make sure it's a priority because it's always easy to say, well, I did a lot of work today, but you really messed around with the work that was just busy work. Thank you for that. And it's a very good book. I really love the way you've broken that down. And I thank you for sharing that. And aside from that book, are there any other great resources that you would like to share with our audience success squad? Well, as I mentioned, my mom always mentioned about uh, always find good mentors and then always mentor others. So I'm always looking for resources, Tony. So the first one I was going to mention is your podcast and uh, because uh, the guests that you have on, I'm always listening to hear their insight. And it does a couple of things. One, it can bring validation. Two, it can bring reminders. And three, it brings correction. So, you know, those are great resources there. I'd like to hopefully think that, uh, you know, my website and those things, I can bring the same and this work to continue. The other resources that I've just joined a lot of groups, you know, uh, that I work with, I get out there, uh, whether they're CEO groups or groups that are online that I can provide feedback sometimes. And then the uh, final resource is I have an accountability partner. And so something I teach everybody is an accountability partner is someone that you just meet with 10 minutes once a month, and it could be by phone, but it's, uh, you give each other your accountability plan for the next month, and it has three things on there. What one thing are you going to do for personal development? What one thing are you going to do for professional development? And what one thing are you going to achieve with a measurement? And it allows you to interact, coach each other. And it's you know if uh, if I had something on there for three months in a row and, and didn't accomplish it, I can tell you that my accountability partner is going to hold me accountable. I like that program a lot. I think that's very needed, and I think more people should have something like that. That's excellent. Thank you. Once again, this is The Millennial Factor with Mark Villareal, and you can find him at markvillareal.com. Again, I'll spell it M-A-R-K-V-I-L-L-A-R-E-A-L.com. Mark, this was very good, very insightful. You've cleared up some myths and half myths and, and truths and all sorts of good stuff and some good advice for millennials. I really appreciated it. Well, thank you, Tony. And as everything, let me know how it always helps. So you and I can continue to pay it forward, but it's been enjoyable. Hey, fellow entrepreneurs. Thanks for hanging out with me while I featured an elite entrepreneur who took his vision to reality. I hope this was as inspiring for you as it was for me to do this interview. I learned some good things about hiring, employees, the whole millennial factor, Really, really great stuff. I got some great ideas. I'm going to chat about it in a second. The insights are so valuable. So how did you like it? The Millennial Factor with Mark Villarreal. If you could do your favorite thing, what would you do? This is what Mark's CEO once asked him. I'm sure you've heard that before. And we've spoken about this on a number of my shows. But really, what would you really do? And no silly answers, please, because we're talking about your life here to a degree. I mean, there's a way to sit on the beach or in a pool with your laptop and make money. Too many people have that idea in their head, and it's a good idea. But what would you do? That's the key part that's important. What would you do that would earn the income you need 
to support your family. Mark said his most favorite thing was to coach people and help them develop. He would do that all day long. He loves helping people and it shows in this excellent interview. He wants to build leaders and build culture. That's very drilled down and it shows in Mark's success. It's that passion that you can take anywhere in the world, on the road, in the pool, at the beach, anywhere. That's what you really need to work out for yourself. And if you have it, zone in on that and make it more crystal clear for yourself. I enjoyed hearing about Mark's mother, who was a great leadership coach that chose to be a housewife. I say that because we don't hear this enough these days. We don't hear enough on the positive upbringing that parents have on their children. This is refreshing. Society has been conditioned for decades to rely on schools to teach such attributes and virtues to kids, and it's a bit lacking from everyone I've spoken to. There are multiple lessons to learn from just that, and I highly recommend getting Mark's second book called Leadership Lessons from Mom. I hope you use that information to spend the time with your children to impart similar good lessons to them. Pay it forward. Lead with humility. Get a mentor. These are great points. I urge you to study these. Mark's purpose is beautiful. It's to see people grow and develop and teach them how to make a difference in others. How can you make a difference in your field? Have you thought about this? Are you able to incorporate any of this into your business or career? How Mark establishes his reward or correction system from day one is brilliant. I love it. And his corrections are done openly so that others can learn and not make the same mistakes again. These are just some of the amazing takeaways I got from Mark. And I love that taxi story too. There's so much more I got out of this interview. What did you get? I'd love to know how you use this information to help you in your business or career. Now, grab hold of your vision, decide you're going to start something great, or take it to the next level. You know this, you have to decide first. It always starts with a decision, and you can get my vision map to help you along the process. The ebook is at tonydurso.com slash books. You can pick up the audio version in the training class too. Highly recommended. I created my empire in just a few years. That's all it took. I had the vision map as my guide. You can do it too. Okay, guys, let's help you move on your journey to success. And once again, please consider supporting the show with a nice review, okay? Just go to ratethispodcast.com slash Tony. Thanks, and remember, just take action. Success awaits those who persevere and remain steadfast despite the odds. Sow good seeds, do good deeds, and join me on the next episode of The Tony D'Urso Show. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of the Tony D'Urso Show with his key influencers. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel.